Hey guys, Lucas Cursor here at Method Ministries, and welcome back to another episode. It's been one month since I've done a talk, so I'm happy to be back, and I hope that you're happy that I'm back as well. The reason why it's been a while, um, I've been very busy. One, I've been finishing up my master's degree at Liberty University, so I think by December 17th, I think I think that's my last uh, last week, I'll, I'll be graduated by God's grace with my master's of art, arts, <laughs> master's of arts in Bible exposition. So I'm kind of excited for that. I guess I'm going to make another episode talking about my thoughts on seminaries and Bible colleges, degrees, and just, you know, I've been thinking about, well, how, how necessary, you know, how important is this? And, you know, you know, is, is it worth it? Uh, let me know if you guys would be interested in that. Cause I know some uh, people, you know, I've been seeing some people in, uh, well, I guess, you know, on more so on the Instagram side, thinking and talking about uh, seminary. So want to you know possibly share my thoughts with that in the future because i am thinking about some future talks uh and you know just what what i want to start doing with method ministries because i do want to give more attention to this so i don't plan on just making one episode per month my my goal my intention is to be weekly on this so i want to get out episodes to you guys weekly and just help you know help you out you know and just you know build up the body of christ through this so please please pray for me that i can find time with that i will be um, having more time, Lord willing, in my in my schedule next month, because again, I'll be finishing up with my master's degree. Because also on top of that, I didn't give you an update on this, but I am now bivocational, so I'm serving now part time as a youth pastor. I like the term youth director, but that's a title that I have, so so I'm using it. I am a part time youth pastor, so please pray for me that I can be faithful in that, and also. By God's grace and just you know, real a real privilege, I've been able to preach two sermons, and I love preaching. That's really my uh, passion right now. Is just you know, or since preaching, it really reignited my passion to just preach. And uh, you know, I just love love learning about the text and spending time in prayer and just asking God to anoint me and use me for His glory and to help His church out and help bring others to the gospel. So um, that's that's a long story short for why it's been a month since I've done an episode, but I do plan on getting more talks out. And I and, and you know I just want to ask for you know prayers. Please please pray that God would anoint me and use me for His glory and kingdom. Because as you know, and I'm and I'm positive that you know this, the world right now needs Jesus Christ. I mean I know it always needs Jesus Christ, but we just look at the state of the world and really. You know, not even the state of the world, but also the state of the world, but just the state of the church right now is it's really just apostate. The church is apostate. It's a real tragedy. It's been on my heart lately more and more how the church just needs revival. And one of my prayers is that God would just raise up men anointed by him who are wholeheartedly seeking him and, and, to, and zealous for him and living for his glory and are burdened for him and would just preach. Uh, his gospel preaches word faithfully and God would use this to bring about revival. And that's one of the things I want to talk about. Not even one of the things I want to talk about. Let's just make the whole episode talking about revival. I want to, I want to talk about revival. It's been on my heart lately and I hope that it will be on your heart lately too. And one of the things that has been, uh, one of the reasons why it's been on my heart lately is because I've been reading or I just, man, you know, I can't talk today. (laughs) I've been, uh, I just finished up this book, as you can see on the camera, In Light of Eternity. That's the life of Lennon Ravenhill by Mac Tomlinson. Am I saying that right? Mac Tomlinson. Guys, great book. Uh, it's a little bit on the heftier side, as you can see, but great, great book. Read 
this book and also read Lennon Ravenhill. This is his biography, but he wrote another great book called Why Revival Terries. And I've been talking about this with, you know, with people and trying to share his, his teaching, but, um, you know, he's really help, uh, helping me see the need and the, the, the urgency for revival. We need, need revival. And that's who Lennon Ravenhill was. So I'm going to talk about him. So Lennon Ravenhill was a revival preacher. He came over uh, from the UK and he finished up his life in ministry in the United States. But his, his really, this, the, the gist of, of his ministry was prayer and uh, a prayer to God for revival, that he would awaken us, he would move in us because the church right now, in his time, and even now, you know, I'm saying the church right now, now, and just like his time, was not where it should be. And it was in a slumber, a spiritual slumber. We need to be awakened out of this, not awoken. You know, we don't want to get woke. We want to be awakened by God, the Holy Spirit, to come and move in us and put a fire in our hearts for his name is that we would just wholeheartedly seek him because that's what the church needs right now. And I'm hoping that I can use this podcast episode to convince you, you know, not in your head, but in your heart, that this is what the church needs. Because one of the things that I'm, uh, I'm seeing and learning from, from uh, Ravenhill is, is um, prayer life, prayer life. We need a prayer life. We need a real strong prayer life because Ravenhill would say, this is one of his best sayings, no man, he said, is greater than his prayer life. Just think about that. No man is greater than his prayer life. And Ravenhill, the great thing about him is that he didn't just um, say it. You know, it wasn't just a, a cute sermon saying, you know, he would throw out like, oh, yeah, you know, that's great. You know, prayer, you know, we all need to be a praying church. No, Ravenhill believed this. You know why he believed this or how I know he believed this? Because the man would spend eight, eight hours a day in prayer. His schedule was, you know, he would go to bed at 9, 930, wake up at midnight, pray till, I don't know, like four or five o'clock, go to sleep, have, have tea with his wife, you know, um, at nine o'clock go back to prayer. He would spend time in prayer and he would pray for God to come and move. And you can listen to his sermons, by the way. Um, I post them uh, on uh, on my YouTube and, and Instagram, you know, in, in shorts and reels. You probably come across them, but listen to his sermons. But you, you know, you can tell that he's a great preacher. But, you know, as I've been pointing out, the reason why he's a great preacher and even men like him, because there were other, you know, Christian men like him who are great preachers. The reason why they're good preachers is because they had hearts on fire for God. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't sophistry. It wasn't hitting their, their sermon outlines perfectly and, you know, coming off of this book and this class that taught you how, you know, how to preach and have everything structured. It wasn't like that, you know, to the wind with that. What it had or, or, or the, uh, the power of the sermon, you know, what it had was God's Holy Spirit and it was in him and his heart was burdened on fire for him. And that's why he was a good preacher because he preaching, uh, you know, from a heart that was burden for God. And he would talk about how men need to trade in the burden for sin for the burden of the Lord. And that's what we need today. We need a true moving of God in us. And yes, by us, I mean the church because it starts in the church. You know, we look at the world and wonder why the world is the way it is. Well, don't wonder anymore. Look at the church and you'll see why the world is the way it is because the church is sleeping. The church is dead and the church needs revival. And I want you who are listening to realize this, because if we don't realize this, then we're not going to pray for this. We ought to pray for this. My goal is to get you to pray for this. But if you're not going to not going to see the need for it, and more importantly, if you're not going to believe that revival can come, then you're not going to pray for it. Because the sad reality is, and Ravenhill, and by the way, you know, 
everything that um, I'm talking about here, I've been learning from Ravenhill. So, you know, I'm, I'm thanking God that he has reignited me to start listening to Ravenhill and, and learn from him. And the thing that um, I'm learning from him is that, and, you know, Ravenhill, you know, we talk about this too, is that the reason why revival doesn't come, it doesn't happen is because we're all content to live without it. We're all content to live without it. We don't want revival. We're content. We're fine with the way that the, that the world is. Yeah, we know that it's bad. You know, we see things on Facebook and social media. You know, we talk about it with our family and friends. But at the end of the day, you know, what do we do? Go back, watch some Netflix, drink drink some beer, smoke some cigars, you know, go to church weekly, you know, go to this event, you know, read this book and go to bed and, you know, repeat and work on nine to five jobs. That's what we do. You know, does our prayer life really show that we care and that we are burdened for God and his glory and for people to come to faith? Does our prayer life show? I think if we're honest, 99% of people who go uh, who go to church and who are Christians, they're content. They don't want it. And if you say you do, if you're going to say that you do, then back it up with your prayer life. But if we don't want it, if we don't believe in it, we're not going to pray for it. And that's what we need. We need to want we uh, and pray for revival. And one of the things that I want to want to encourage you with today on this podcast is to have a strong, strong devotional life to God. Have a strong devotional life to God. And I realize this, you know, this uh, this week is that uh, if we want to be holy, which we should, Christians ought to to want to be holy, right? You know, the Bible talks about being holy as I am holy. If we want to be holy. If we're going to seek to be holy and love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, well, guess what? We can't do that without without a devotional life. You're not going to be holy without a, a devotional life. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Okay, don't fool yourself and don't let anybody else fool you. If you want to be holy, have a devotional life. If you don't have a devotional life, don't say you want to be holy because you're 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 lying. You're not being honest. Have a devotional life. Spend time daily in the Word. Read the Word. Um, I heard a, uh, a saying by Keith Daniel. He, uh, he's my other hero, hero in uh, in the faith, and he said, "If you consume this Word, the Word will consume you." Think about that. If you consume this Word, the Word will consume you. Read the Word daily. Get up early. Stay up later. You know whatever you got to do. Read the Word and then pray and spend time you know, uh, you know, with the Lord daily, you know, go in the room, shut the door, pray, 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 pray in your car on the way home, pray, 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 find time to pray, pray without ceasing. the scriptures say, right? Pray, pray, pray. And one of the things that I want uh, to encourage you to pray for is revival. Pray that God would move in you, that he would wake you up out of this apathy that you're in, that he would put a fire and a burden in your heart for him and pray that your church would be burdened for him and pray that God would save and wake up the the state that you're living in. You know, whether it's in this state or that state, I'm in New Jersey, so I'm praying that New Jersey would would have a revival. That is where God would come and convict us of our sins. You know, convict you know New Jersey of of its crimes against Him, and that they would come in faith and repentance to Him. Because I've been thinking lately that all the all the things that that the church is offering right now as a solution to get out of this mess that uh, you know that we're in if it's not revival it doesn't matter it doesn't matter 
You know, we have long-term solutions. You know, we have new forms of eschatology, like hashtag eschatology matters. And, you know, you know, they, you know, these neo-post-millennials love to criticize dispensationalists and, you know, rapture culture, you know, you, you know, these people want to be raptured um, out of the world. So therefore they're just waiting and, you know, you, you know, they're, uh, they're losers and their theologies. We have long-term strategies. You know, we've got to do this long-term and get married and have a bunch of kids and down the road, you know, we'll get them forget, you know, forget all that. Forget all these solutions that we're offering. Let's just get real and pray for revival. That that's that's what I want to impress right now in this podcast episode. Let's just you know forget all that to the wind with all that. Let's just pray for revival because listen, you can have your long term strategies and solutions, but what you know you know let's just imagine you know say fifty years from now you know you know you have your long term uh, solutions coming to you know fruition. And out of nowhere, a catastrophe happens and it just wipes out your whole long-term uh, group of people. So where's your long-term strategy now? It's gone. Just like that. It's gone. So what, you know, you know, what was the, you know, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the solution then? Did it last? Did it work? You know, maybe, you know, you know, for 45 years, you know, you saw some fruit and there was some culture of Christianity, but did, you know, did it work? No. It didn't work. Why didn't it work? Because the you know catastrophe just wiped it out. You don't know, but what you do know is that if God comes and moves, that will bring fruit, not just for fifty years or hundred years, but for eternity. For eternity, people need to be saved. But people can't do that if if they're they're in a slumber. And the only way to get us out of the slumber is for God. We really do need God. We really do need God to come and revive us. And the solutions that we're offering. If, if, if we don't recognize the need for his demonstration of spirit and power, you know, I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul says, my, my speech and my preaching was not in, in, in words and, you know, you, you know, you talk about, you know, you know, the wisdom of words, but in demonstration of spirit and power, that's what we, what we need. We need God's Holy Spirit to come and move in us. Very godly man that I know. He's an older gentleman. You wouldn't know him. He's just a layman, but, but he told me something that's so true. He told me that if revival came, we would all be Pentecostals. Think about that. If revival came, we would all be Pentecostals. And the reason why he said that is because he's a Pentecostal. He, 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 I mean, he's not the crazy kind. And by the way, he was going or, or still does go to an evangelical church because, you know, he doesn't go to a Pentecostal church because he knows, you know, they're all just, you know, uh, sold out and wishy-washy, you know, just care, you know, you know, just pure charismatic chaos. But he, he said something that, that resonated with me. If God came, if revival came, we would all be Pentecostals. There's a Christianity out there that we don't know of. There's a deeper walk uh, with God. You know, we all think, you know, we're, you know, we're knee deep and, you know, we got our theology, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, uh, you know, Methodist or I'm a reformed Baptist, you know, I'm this, you know, I'm not dispensationalist, you know, I'm not that, but you look down and your feet are barely in the water. And there's a thousand levels to this. And we look at the lives of men like Lennon Ravenhill, even look at like John Wesley, Charles Wesley, you know, Francis Asbury, Charles Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, you know, whatever your hero in the faith is, Martin Luther. We look at these men, they had strong prayer lives. And when they preached, they weren't preaching in the wisdom of men, but in demonstration in the anointing of God's Holy Spirit. And God would use these men to convict and there would be revival and people would come under conviction and they would be, uh, you know, aware of of their sin, they would see themselves truly as as God sees them, and they would have repentance through that. That's how repentance comes, and that's what we need. So please hear me out. Pray for revival. 
Spend time in the Lord. Take time to be holy. Spend time in the Lord daily. Pray that God would move in you. Put a fire in your heart for him and wake up the the, the state that, that you're in. Use your church. Wake your church up if your church is asleep and seek him earnestly. Guys, thanks for tuning into this episode. And until next time, we'll see you around. And don't forget, take time to be holy. Spend time with the Lord daily in devotion and prayer to him.